when I do a message like the one I'm about to do, I think sometimes it, it really sounds like it's a negative thing, but it's not really a negative thing. Everybody in this room, every last one of you, has been hurt at some time. I mean, some of those hurts are worse than others. I realize that for some of you, and I, I think the thing about it is, and this happens all the time, is that people don't tell what their hurts are, and I don't know that we ought to just advertise them, and I don't know that they wouldn't be just embarrassing if we did do that. But what I'm saying to you is, is that some of those hurts have been deep And what you've tried to do is mask those hurts. I mean, I talk to people all the time and they were child, they were, they had childhood abuse. They're abused by a parent or somebody else. They've been sexually abused somewhere down the line, you know, especially. In fact, I quit asking that question in my counseling sessions because there were so many people who had had uh, something that happened that way. Maybe it was on a date. Maybe it was when they were a child. Something happened. And and this kind of thing happened to them in their lives. And they have this hurt. There's been others who've been betrayed, betrayed so incredibly by somebody that they thought was either a friend or even a spouse. You know, the person that said, you know, until death do us part, parted on you is what happened. And so you have a lot of hurt that is there. And there's so many people that are going to say, well, why don't you just get over it? And you know, the problem is, is that you've done everything you know to get over it. And you don't realize where it comes from. You see, down deep within us, we were created in the image of God. And God, God has a characteristics of justice. And justice is what we are seeking. Somebody hurt us. And we want justice. And so what happens to us is, is that we have this hurt that goes on. And what makes it really worse is that that person that hurt you doesn't even act like they hurt you. In fact, they don't, they act like they they don't even know that it happened or somehow they, they feel justified by hurting you. And so therefore you're, you're standing there with your, with your pain. And, and here's the crazy thing is we hold on to that pain. We hold on to that pain like there won't be any justice if we let go of this pain. If we let them escape from this, there won't be any justice. And so instead of trying to get through it, and I'm going to talk about that today, and this is not a sermon about it's your fault because it's not your fault. But instead of trying, instead of trying to get through it, what we do is we rehearse it. The thing happens is we remember, we got good memories. And we remember what they did to us. And we go through what they did to us. And in our own desire for justice, we want some revenge. We want some retribution. We want them to hurt bad because they hurt us bad. Now, this is the situation that I find that so many people are captured by their pain. Captured because they... They know they can't forgive that individual. It is not within them to be able to do so. They come to church. They hear a message like, I'm about to preach. And they say, that's good for you, but you don't know what happened to me. You know what? They're pretty much right about that. So would you like to get over it? Would you like to be able to forgive? Would you like to give up this pain that you've got within you, deep down within you? That's what it is. It's deep down on the inside. Well, let's get into the scripture and we'll talk about this. Let's look at, um, let's look at Matthew chapter 18. We're just going to do a couple of verses and then we're going to go on here. 18 verses 21. Then Peter came up and he said to him, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I still forgive him? Up to seven times? <laughs> 
Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 77 times. Now, Peter is not talking about one sin that comes back to haunt him seven times. Peter is talking about his brother and he's talking about somebody else that has hurt him, that has done something that, that he needs to forgive them for. And these individual things, he's thinking that he's being magnanimous. He's, think, he's using that, you know, that number seven. That's, number seven means everything, right? Just about everything. He says, Can I, do I need to do it up to this time? You see, Peter's saying, I have the ability every time to forgive him up to seven times. But after that, I don't know about this. You see, a lot of people want to say, well, you know what? That's fine and good if I'm going to forgive. But I got to do what it says in the verses before this, back in uh, 1815 through 18. What I need to do is I need to go and I need to confront them that they hurt me. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Most of the time, the person that hurt you more than likely doesn't even know they hurt you, nor do they even care sometimes. And you going to them and saying, you hurt me, isn't going to affect them at all. You know what they're going to say? I'm sorry. Do you think they're sorry? No, they're not. And if you're a person that goes and say, every time I'm offended, every time somebody does something wrong to me, I'm going to go and I'm going to confront them for that. I'm going to tell you what, that's what you're going to spend your life doing. You're going to spend your life going to people and confronting them and telling them, look what you did to me. Look what you did to me. Look to what you, and you know what you become? You become a person who finds fault in everything that other people have. You become a bitter individual who finds fault. I got a little video here. You know this commercial. This commercial is one that I, I, I love because it finds fault in everything. It's, a, it's actually a regular TV commercial. You know it. Uh, Hugh, can you play it? seen that commercial and the strange thing about it is is that you know somebody like that the one that points out all of your errors everything that you've done you know what that person has become a thorn in your flesh when they point that out and if you're one of those people you're going to be the thorn in somebody else's flesh you do not want to live this way So Peter here is not talking about confronting the one who has sinned against him each time. He's saying, do I just forgive them? And Jesus ups the ante. This is what happens. Jesus says, not seven times, but 77 times. Now, that's not a new number when we consider the parable that follows after it. Let's read the rest of this story. He says, For this reason, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he'd begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. 
But since he did not have the means to repay, his master commanded that he be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had, and repayment be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the master of the slave felt compassion, and he released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and he began to choke him saying, pay back what you owe. So this fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and he went and he threw him in prison until he could pay back what he was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and they came and they reported to their master all that had happened. Then summoning him, his master said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his master, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he would repay all that was owed. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. What do we learn from this parable? Well, I think that what we're going to learn here is, is that Jesus was giving a compelling reason that we need to forgive. A compelling reason. We're going to get to that. Forgiveness is being owed a debt that cannot be repaid by the offender. Now understand what this means here. 10,000 talent. A talent was amount of money. A talent was equal to one year's wage. So how long would you have to work every, to pay it back? 10,000 years. That is an unpayable debt. I looked up who is the man or person, I should say, in the entire world that owes more money than anybody else. There is a man in France. His name is Jérôme Carviel. He owes $6.3 billion. Now think about that debt for just a moment. If he has 10,000 years he'd have to pay $630,000 a year, and you don't get any interest in that. That's how much this man owes. Is this a debt that is unpayable? The answer is absolutely. This parable illustrates how much we have been forgiven. It's what it, what it does. This doesn't mean the bill went unpaid. Don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say here. But forgiveness is paid for with the blood of Jesus. That's the amount that it costs. That's the amount that is the unability that we have to pay it for ourselves. We cannot pay this debt. You see, what happens to us is, is that it's very difficult to forgive others when you consider yourself righteous. And we consider ourselves righteous sometimes because we compare ourselves with other people and we say we're just as good as they are. 
And sometimes we actually overlook our sins. And sometimes we even go and we say, you know what? It says, if nobody has caught me in my sin, it's the same as if I never did sin. But I can tell you this. Seeing ourselves as people who've had a debt we could not repay, but it has been paid for us, is a compelling reason to forgive. This is a very compelling reason for us to forgive. I can't pay it back, but it has been paid for me. And I, therefore, forgive the others. How can I hold the, the debt of a dollar when I have been forgiven the debt of a million? Do you understand what the parable is teaching here? The magnitude of the difference ought to make us feel a little small for holding on. And then we find here is retribution will not buy forgiveness. You're not going to find that when you, you, you get them back. The unforgiving slave demanded that he would be paid after he had already been forgiven of this unpayable debt. He sought retribution by throwing this man in the, that owed him money into prison. And most of us want to do just that when we get hurt. We want to throw them into prison. We want them to hurt. The truth is, folks, the truth is, is that we really don't want to get even. We want to get ahead. We want them to, to kind of owe us something afterwards. We want to get to the spot where they have hurt so badly that we can finally say, I'm done with it now. And let me tell you something. This seeking this retribution comes from, I believe, this, this uh, creation in us that we were created with a sense of justice. And we, we think that we're the one that's, ones that are supposed to exact that justice. You don't have to teach it to anybody. My three-year-old granddaughters, when one of them, they're twins, when one of them takes something from the other one, there is all matter of biting and hitting and yelling and screaming and tattletailing and everything else. I want my sister to hurt like I hurt. They took my toy. You know, that's the kind of thing that goes on. You don't have to train that into somebody. It's very natural. But retribution does not make things better. It will not take the hurt away. And it will be like a scented fragrance when you've got a stink in the room. You spray that stuff around, you know, and it smells okay until the, the fragrance hits the floor. And once it hits the floor, guess what happens? The stink comes back over and over and over again. So if you want to keep on hurting... You keep on planning revenge. I guarantee you'll still hurt. For forgiveness is not something that somebody is going to earn from you. Forgiveness is a gift. Give is right in the middle of the word. Look at that. It's right there in the middle of the word. Now that doesn't mean it wasn't paid for. But there was a price that it was paid for. But it is also a gift. The gift is the forgiveness that comes from Jesus Christ because of his blood that was shed on the cross. That is the forgiveness that we have received. And so often we think that we've got to be able to forgive out of our own flesh. We can do this. We're supposed to do this on our own. And we can't do it. We think we have the power to forgive. We do not own the power to forgive. The Jews understood this. Remember when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven? They said, who is this man who can forgive sins? 
you understand he knew about the cross already. He knew how forgiveness came around. The sin against you has been paid for. Understand, completely wiped out. All of the sin that you have done, the sins that you may be doing, and the sins that you have in your future, all of them have been paid for. By what? The blood of Jesus. Always the blood of Jesus. And those who know that their sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus on the basis of, of the sin that has been paid, that has been committed against them, they forgive by the blood of Jesus. You see, what we do is we look and we say, that person's sin, they did it against me, but it's not forgiven because I have the ability to forgive. That person's sin is forgiven because Jesus died for them and he forgave them. Forgiveness is the gift of Jesus. He is a, it's a gift that he's bestowed upon you. It is a gift that will empower you to give. So quit trying to forgive what you cannot forgive. Accept his power within you to forgive. Can you admit that you can't forgive without Jesus? First point of that is, is that, isn't it time to take the burden off your shoulders? In July of 2022, I was in incredible back pain. I mean, I'm telling you, I was in a lot of pain. I kept going to this uh, pain management doctor. And finally, my last time that I was there, he said, I can do nothing for you anymore. You're going to stay in pain if you continue. I mean, even all of his shots he was doing, it's not going to, do, it's not going to work. I need to send you to somebody who can fix it. And so he set me up with a surgeon, which I already knew before, a guy named Dr. Vincent at Jordan Young. And he did back surgery on me. Hear this, folks. I am completely pain-free now. I want to give you a little bit about that in just a second. But I am completely pain-free. Would it have been nuts if I said, can you give me a book and I'll see if I can do the back surgery on myself? Now think about that. Would that have been just as nuts as it could have been? I'm just, you can give me a mirror and I think I can do this on myself. That's nuts. Why do I think that I can forgive without Jesus? Why do I think that I got to do this on my own? Why do I think it's in within me? Now, here's the other thing. That does mean, though, that I'm doing back exercises every night. I'm not going to lose the status that I've got right now. I want to stay out of pain. You see, forgiveness is a decision. You've got to make this decision. Not that you're going to say, out of the inside of me, I'm going to forgive. But by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Christ that is in me, I'm going to be obedient to what the Lord is telling me to do. I'm going to forgive these people. See, and I would love to tell you that this is a decision that you're going to do one time and you're going to get over it. You know, that seems to be the testimonies that we have at church all the time. And I used to do such and such and I forgave them and I'm not, you know, I don't forget. That just didn't, at least that's not my story. I got a good memory. I remember when they hurt me. And you see, I have to make a decision at that point. You know what I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do? I'm not going back to that place again. I'm not going to go back to the place where I have unforgiveness again. I'm not going to rehearse what they did to me and feel this pain all over again. I stop right now. It's like washing your dishes, folks. 
You can wash your dishes and they'll get spick and span. But I got a guarantee that you're going to be washing those dishes again. And you can let them pile up in the sink and let them stink. Or you can just keep on washing those dishes before they get out of control. And what I'm trying to say to you is is that once you have forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, and when that comes back to you, you go back to that and say, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm not going to let this uh, take over my life again. And for me, I have envisioned seeing Jesus Christ on a cross. And he is being, he is forgiving that person and he's forgiving me at the same time. And I say, this sin is forgiven. Forgiveness is a characteristic that should be in every Christian. It is the foundation of our lives as Christian. You see, he is our Lord. He is my Lord. And Jesus said that the Father will hold you accountable for all you've done unless you forgive. From where? From your heart. Not on the outside. Not look like you've forgiven. You've got to really gotta get down on the inside of who you are. You see, it's a character quality that you should possess. For forgiving people have a sweet nature. You realize that? They have a sweet nature nature. Unforgiving people, they're carrying their hurts wherever they go and they're bitter, bitter. And their hurts appear in all kinds of relationships around them. And our own relationship with bitter people means we got to forgive them too. Do you I'm going to say that up front, but here's the situation. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 22, you've got the story of, of uh, Moses wandering in the, with the Israelites in the, in the wilderness. They wandered for three days. They had no water. And they find this place that has water, but they call it Mara. Mara means bitterness. That water is so bitter that they cannot drink the water. So the Lord leads Moses to a tree. And after Moses threw the tree into the water, the water became sweet. You see, you may, you may have been drinking bitter water, but God has thrown in a tree, the cross, and the water can now be sweet. That's what it is, folks. You see, would you rather drink the sweet water instead of the bitter water? You know, I want to say this. This is the last parting thought. Forgiveness is not trust. <laughs> I'm not telling you you have to trust the person. That's a different story. Trust is faithfulness plus time. That's another sermon. But the question now is, will you forgive? Will you keep hurting yourself? Or will you say, Jesus, I can't do it. I can't forgive that person for what they did. But I know you have forgiven them. And through the forgiveness that you have given me, I will forgive them too. It's time to drink the sweet water, isn't it? Pray with me.